All right, guys. Per request, we're going to do this little training on building a strong content foundation, understanding content pillars and pillar posts, because these are two big things also for SEO, which is what we are talking about this brand new month in the collective. So we're going to dive right in. So here's what you're going to learn. You're going to learn what content pillars and pillar posts are the role content pillars and pillar posts play in SEO, benefits of having a content pillar strategy for SEO, how to create a content pillar strategy, and then mistakes to avoid when creating content pillars and pillar posts. First things first, content pillars are the main areas of topics that you focus your content around. You may also hear them referred to as content themes or content categories. They are important because they are the foundation of any content strategy or plan and they will help guide your content creation. So for instance, if you talk about blogging, blogging for business as an example, your different themes could be starting a blog, growing a blog, and monetizing a blog. And I will show you a good example. I like Kate Rosales' blog for this. So Kate Rosales is the woman behind the Facebook group Becoming a Blogger that has over 30,000 people in it. And these are her main categories, starting a blog, growing a blog, and then monetizing your blog. Everything that she talks about, all of her products and services, everything revolves around these three main content pillars. So I love to use hers as an example. Let's go back into good old present. So usually three to five pillars are the sweet spot for your content categories or content themes. And we're going to talk a little bit more about niching down, I think a little bit later on in this lesson here, but I'm not trying to pick on lifestyle bloggers because lifestyle blogs can be amazing, excellent, you know, resources for people. But the problem is, is when you have a lifestyle blog that focuses on a bunch of things, like if you talk about family life, starting a blog, um, reselling clothes, you know, if you talk about a bunch of different topics, it is going to be harder for Google to understand what your blog is about and therefore establishing yourself as an expert in Google's eyes and showing that you're an expert in those categories is going to be harder, which means it's going to be harder for you to rank your blog posts. So, and I know this is where a lot of lifestyle bloggers get discouraged because they want to write about all these things. But one of the things that I tell my students is you should probably start small so that you can get found and known for some main content themes, like just three to five that are tightly niched. That way it's easier to get your post ranking on Google. And then also you can add stuff as you go. Nothing is forever. I know people think that they're going to be limited, but you would be surprised the further I niche down, I still find tons and tons of content ideas. So, I just want to throw that out there because I know that that is a sticking point for a lot of bloggers. 
Now you can rank clearly as a lifestyle blogger. I'm not saying that you can't be successful and you can't rank, but it's probably going to take you longer. So keep that in mind. And so then what are pillar posts? Basically a pillar post is a really long comprehensive piece of content that serves as like the foundation for a particular topic, theme, or category on your website. They are typically longer than a blog post and cover a broad topic. So for instance, I have a pillar post on my site that is the ultimate guide for freelance writing where I link, I kind of write it out like a blog post, but I link throughout to all of the things that fall under that. So all the topics that fall under that. So for instance, I have a post on get, um, using freelance writing contracts with your clients, setting up a portfolio, um, creating your first website, everything that goes into that main topic is what I link back to, to all the posts. And that way you're establishing yourself as an expert in that area and you're showing Google that you have all of these other linking posts that support that and it's going to show Google that, okay, yeah, she is an expert. I'm going to rank her post because now I know what this category is about. So it also makes it easier for your readers when you use the content pillars and the pillar posts. It's also navigationally easier, easier for people to find the content that they want on your website. Um, so that's one thing to think about. The goal with pillar posts is to buy to provide a comprehensive, valuable resource for your audience. It's kind of like an all-in-one stop. They can just click through to all the different references in the pillar post and find what they need. So their importance for SEO. They are both, both content pillars and pillar posts are important for SEO. When you create groups of posts under content pillars, Interlinking them makes it easier for search engines to crawl your website and understand how the different pieces of content relate to each other. And this helps Google or any other search engines see the relevance and depth of the content on your site, which can then improve your search rankings for those related terms as well, because Google's going to say, okay, she's an expert in this topic. This is why interlinking is such an essential part of any SEO strategy. That's why we interlink all of our like posts, related posts, in each blog post that we create. It's a tiny piece of SEO and showing that you have a lot of content on that topic. Also, Writing and researching posts for your different pillars can help you identify and target other specific long tail keywords related to those main content themes. So creating high quality in-depth articles around those keywords can attract, of course, more traffic and it's going to help your SEO overall. And then pillar posts are important for SEO too because they serve as a central hub for interlinking all of your blog posts related to that topic, like I said with the ultimate um, guide to freelance writing. When you link back from your pillar post to those relevant articles, you're signaling to search engines that this is the most authoritative and important piece of content on that particular topic on your website, which is really important for establishing your expertise and having Google recognize it. 
And then by covering all aspects of a topic and then interlinking them in your pillar post, you're showing search engines that you're thoroughly covering that subject and that your website is an authoritative comprehensive resource on that content pillar or that particular topic. Now, hold on one second. I have a note here that I may want to make sure that I don't want to miss. Um, I did want to add to that. Um, let me go through here and make sure. Okay, sorry, I found it. So, doing all that interlinking and creating pillar posts can help improve your ranking and the visibility of those other blog posts too that you're linking, which can attract backlinks from other websites and that further boost your SEO. So, when you have these really in-depth articles that you're already ranking for and it's a really and we're talking like in-depth and comprehensive that's how you get other people interlinking back to your website too not just you reaching out for people to do backlinks but people are over time going to naturally find your posts and realize hey that that is one comprehensive piece of you know information on this topic and I want to link back to this because I think it's an amazing resource. So then there are several benefits to having a content pillar strategy for SEO. Besides the improved SEO you're going to find these other benefits. For instance it's better organization. Content pillars and pillar posts allow you to organize your website content around key topics like those three to five main pillars and then they make it easier for visitors to find what they're looking for so it's a better user experience. They're also more efficient for the content creating process because focusing on creating content around your main themes allows you to create content that can be reused and repurposed and that saves you time as well as energy. And I think I have that switched around. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, no, I don't. Importance of content pillars and pillar posts for SEO. So, EAT. You've heard about EAT. Basically, EAT stands for Expertise, Authority, and Trust. So, content pillars help establish that expertise, authority, and trust because they allow you to demonstrate a deep understanding of a particular particular topic or industry. When you create content pillars, you're showing your audience and the search engines that you're knowledgeable and passionate on that specific topic. And you, by, Kristen, by consistently creating content related to those pillars, you're positioning yourself as an expert in this field. So you can see all of this kind of leads back to establishing yourself as an authority, as an expert, consistently creating content, being knowledgeable in a topic. This is another reason why you want to niche down because again it's much easier to establish yourself as an authority when you're more tightly niched down. And you're building a stronger online reputation and increasing the likelihood that visitors will view you as a credible source on that information, which in turn is going to lead to more engagement, social sharing, and even brand loyalty. 
In addition, pillar posts also serve as like a hub, again, for related content. They provide a comprehensive overview of that particular subject, and when a search engine sees a well-organized pillar post, it's easier for them to understand the page and show that it's a valuable resource, and they are more likely to rank it higher in search results as a result of that. And since establishing yourself as an expert in your niche is the key to success, focusing on a few related content pillars and creating pillar posts in those areas can help you do this. So if you have three main content pillars, you could do three main pillar posts, one in each of those content pillars that links back out to the relative and related content on that topic. And then, as well as eat, content pillars are, and posts are also important in helping you organize and structure your website for SEO. So how you structure your content and website is really important when it comes to SEO. And by focusing on related content pillars and creating posts relative to them, you're basically organizing and structuring your website by providing a clear hierarchy, like what is the most important and then everything leads down from there. Content pillars act as like that broad topic category that covers a range of top subtopics, while the pillar posts provide that in-depth information on the specific topics related to that content pillar. And then this structure, again, makes it much easier for search engines like Google to understand how your website is organized, which is going to make it easier for them to crawl and index your posts. And when you interlink, you're creating a cohesive website structure that makes it easier for not only just search engines to find what they need, but users and readers. It is going to elevate the user experience. People are not going to be bouncing right back to Google because they're going to find you as an all-inclusive source, which leads to better rankings overall. So overall, structuring your website in this way makes it much easier for your audience and search engines to use your website. So when you're creating a content pillar strategy, I just wanted to go into these briefly because we're going to talk more about a content strategy and content plan in next month's for June's topic. Um, that's going to be the topic for June in the content creation membership. So first you're going to want to identify your target audience and their pain points. And you'll find I'm like a broken record on this. You'll see this over and over because it's so important. You need to understand your audience very well. That's why I provided you those worksheets in the in April, because that was our main thing. It was content creation basics. Understanding your audience is, if you take nothing away from April, understanding your audience and what keeps them up at night, their pain points, their problems, understanding them well is going to be able to help you write content and create products and services and things that solve their problems. And then from there, you're going to want to conduct keyword research. And this is especially important for blogging because you want to find a keyword that you can rank for. But you also want to find, if you plan on posting Pinterest pins, you also want to find 
you know keywords on pinterest and the same with instagram hashtags you want to make sure that the right people are seeing your content so all these different platforms have their own keywords youtube has keywords for people to find your for people to find your content so that's what's key is each platform you use has their own version of keywords that you need to make sure that you research and then you want to identify those overarching themes or topics on your website or that you talk about because this is going to translate to social media too if you're kate and you do the growing a blog starting a blog and monetizing your blog all of her stuff spins off from that her social media posts are going to talk about that they're going to position her as an expert you know her blog posts she's going to use keywords so that search engines can find her and bring traffic to her her products and services are going to revolve around teaching people how to start a blog, grow a blog, and then monetize their blog. And then you want to plan those subtopics or individual posts for each content pillar. So, you know, under content creation, I have content repurposing. I have a content creation framework. I have different little subtopics that each of those posts relate to. And again, you're going to have social media posts that spin off of those too so when it comes to prioritizing your content pillars this is what you're going to do when creating content pillars you want to prioritize the keywords and phrases that you use for your website categories based on their search volume competition and relevance to your business now of all of these relevance is the most important for my content pillars i did some research using the google keyword planner but you could even use hrefs or key search i looked at the most relevant topics and phrases for my content pillars and we're not going to go as deep as we would with keyword research like you're not trying to your content category doesn't have to be something that you can rank for because we're not necessarily doing it for that we're doing it more we want to make sure that it's being searched for so those high volume keywords that aren't super competitive I mean you don't want something in the high high competitive range but you're not trying to go so far down that you're trying to rank that category you just want to make sure that it's popular and that it's not too over the top crazy and then the next step is analysis you want to analyze your competition for each topic and keyword and see what they're doing see how they're using them analyze their content and see if there's any gaps you could fill you might find a really good um, content pillar that's a gap that other competitors are missing and that you can fill which is going to make you unique and stand out then you also want to evaluate the relevance of the relevancy so you also want to evaluate that topics relevancy to your business you know consider your avatars as well for their interests their needs what you know their pain points their problems and things that they need help with then see how each content see how each topic excuse me fits into your content strategy I mean, since I'm talking about freelance writing and content creation and starting an online business, it's not going to be logical for me to pick a content pillar that is related to starting a brick and mortar business, like a physical business that you go into. It's completely different. It is not relevant to what I teach on my blog. So that's where you want to look at, is this relevant to what I'm talking about and teaching? And then you want to prioritize the content themes based on that search volume competition and relevance to me the relevance is more important 
if you're stuck between seven and you want to at least narrowing it down to five content pillars, relevancy is where that's going to win out. Where do you find most of your content falling? And if you're brand new at this, what three to five topics are you going to talk about the most? And you want to consider, you know, what you want to write your blog posts about. Your whole content strategy is based on these content pillars. So that's why it's so important to pick the right ones and then pick some that are not going to be super hard to rank for. Um, the make money online niche like I do is super hard. So it took a lot longer for me to start ranking content because it was so competitive. And then you want to monitor and track your performance. Be sure to track and monitor the performance of your content using tools like Google Analytics, Google Search Console, Keyword Tools, all of that. You may end up wanting to pivot and get rid of your content themes. I've actually changed my um, content pillars a couple of times. I've, I've actually gotten more narrow, which sounds funnier because I've gotten more narrow, but it's honestly allowed me to write about more things, if that makes sense. So then I wanted to go over some mistakes to avoid when creating content pillars and posts, because there are several. So first is choosing the, I meant choosing things you want to write about, not thing. <laughs> you want to choose, I mean, you don't want to choose the things that you want to write about. That's the thing. The mistake I often see is people aren't strategic when they're creating their content or they think they know what their audience wants, but that's based on assumptions and not research. That's again, where you want to dig into what your um, target audience needs what content do they need from you what's going to help them get those quick wins what can you create a product or service or course on these are the things and you want to do research you know like keyword research too you just don't want to assume because i know in the beginning i did a lot of assuming what i thought my people wanted to hear and it wasn't always necessarily the right thing so this is one thing I really see newer bloggers and newer content creators doing is they choose what they want to write about and not what their audience needs. And then it's overloading a pillar post with too many keywords and too much info. So while providing a lot of information in a pillar post is essential, you don't want to put too much information or too many keywords because that's going to make it difficult for readers to understand the post and engage with it. And this can also have a negative impact on user experience and SEO because keyword stuffing is a no-no. If you're trying to put your main keyword in there 25 times like you used to be able to do 10 years ago to rank, it's not going to work for you now. So you really have to be more natural about the way that you're doing things. And trust me, Google will pick up on that. Google has gotten really, really smart. So don't overdo it. And then neglecting to update and refresh your pillar posts. I know that I, luckily my ultimate guide to freelance writing isn't one that I really need to update a whole lot because the topics it covers are basically those main things like creating a portfolio, where to find jobs, you know, using a freelance contract. These are all things that are not going to change, but the content still needs to be updated to make sure it's of today's best practice practices and what's going on right now. So they need to be updated just like any other regular blog post on your website. You know, if you have gift guides that still say 2021 or 2022, when Christmas this year rolls around, a lot of people are going to back out of those and go look for articles that say 2023. 
So while it can be a pain, outdated and irrelevant content no longer provides value to your readers or search engines, and they're not going to read your posts, so your ranking engagement is going to suffer. And then, of course, not interlinking your posts with other relevant content. One thing that I forget to do is go back and link to the older blog posts on my site. So while I have a new blog post, I've interlinked through it, but I have to remind myself to go back to those posts that I linked to with that newer post and go put the newer posts, link those in the older post. I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah, so that's really important. Interlinking your pillar posts with other relevant content on your website can help to establish topical authority and it'll improve your SEO. The two main reasons for creating pillar posts are providing valuable content to your reader and SEO. So neglecting to update your pillar posts is going to limit your SEO strategy and the impact of the impact that pillar post has on your SEO itself. And then there's forgetting to promote and share your pillar posts. I'm raising my hand for this one. I mean, I'm, I do truth talk here, real life. I make mistakes still, even though I've been doing this a long time. I don't try to make myself look perfect because I'm not. Promoting and sharing your pillar posts on social media and other channels is going to help increase their reach and impact. Neglecting to do so can limit their availability, visibility, and impact on SEO. And then creating too many content pillars and pillar posts. I touched on the too many content pillars because that just it's going to make it harder for you to establish yourself as an expert while it's important to have variety creating too many can spread your focus too thin and it thins out your content and you're going to have less impact on seo and again this is where i talk about lifestyle bloggers i i'm not picking on lifestyle bloggers they're just a good example that it often takes lifestyle bloggers longer to establish their expertise and rank for certain content on google because they talk about too many different things. So focusing on a few content pillars can help you establish that topical authority and as a result, it's going to improve your SEO. And so see, niching down really is important. I feel like this is something like I shout from the rooftops and I was that person that was like, well, I'm already niched down or I don't need to niche down. And then once I do find, okay, I'm going to niche down, the results are they can be dramatic and i'm somebody that's seen dramatic results and i know other people that have seen dramatic results with it and then not tracking and analyzing your pillar post performance tracking and analyzing the pillar post performance can help you identify what's working and what's not failing to do this is going to result in missed opportunities to optimize it and improve your content strategy for even better seo and better SEO often equates to making more money by selling your product, service, and courses. And this is huge. So if one of your pillar posts is not performing well, then consider maybe you don't have to necessarily get rid of it. Maybe you need to dial it down or consider a different topic in that category, in that theme altogether. And that is the last one. So yeah, those were just a few of the mistakes that you can avoid. And hopefully you have a little bit better understanding of pillar content and pillar posts. And that way you can create your own pillar post and 
content pillar, content theme strategy for your blog, even after looking at this, you may want to consider even redoing the themes or the categories on your blog. You may realize, okay, maybe I want to narrow down, or you could be too narrow. I don't see that very often, but you could be too narrow. Maybe you want to add another category, but you may just want to take another look at your content themes and the things that you talk about and see, okay, do I need to change my strategy? Are things working well? If things are working well, that's great. Um, a lot of you probably don't even have pillar posts on your website yet. And to be honest, I don't have that many myself. I think I only have one or two. So I get it totally. Like this is something that you can always be working on and always can be getting better with. And then in turn, that's going to help your social media marketing strategy too, because you're going to talk about those things on social media and your TikTok videos, Instagram reels, all of that. So if you have any questions, if this has brought some of those to the surface, feel free to drop those under this post when I publish it in the collective. And I will come back through and answer any questions that you have. I'll talk to you later.